profiling is just a way to probably uh, make us understand someone's behavior. So you mm. say we profile this person. So you can actually see someone and say, uh, there's a dude, he smokes pot. Uh, mm. And when you say he smokes pot, the next thing that goes is a criminal. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Remote Talkative Podcast. My name is Mfwan, and in our usual fashion, we talk about the movies. And um, actually, we center on movies that are real events that have happened to real people and depicted in film. Or we talk about situations or things that happen in society that are things that are talking points that people people actually ruminate about and just try to know that these things apart from being represented on film they are things that actually just happen in our society on a daily basis and uh, part of our lives and today's movie we're going to be talking about a movie released in 2019 and it was actually directed by Clint Eastwood and the name of the film is Richard Jewell it's written by Billy Ray, Mary Brenner, and it stars Paul Walter Hauser, Sam Rockwell, Brandon Stanley, amongst others. To discuss this movie with me today, I have Stanley Agu. Hello, Stanley. How you doing? Hello, I'm fun. Good. Good to have me here once again. <laughs> Good to hear from you, and I'm looking forward to your unique perspective on this um, particular movie. First of all, one of the things I, I actually, you know, most of the times when we watch these films, these films, and we, it actually just unfolds on screen. You know, I, I normally go between. I don't know if this happens to you, but I just go between this whole thing of, look, is this is this some real stuff or uh, the filmmakers just trying to to you know add a little bit of you know salt and, and pepper to to spice <laughs> up the whole thing? I mean, what was your take on this movie? Yeah, uh, it was a very interesting movie because it was a real movie that we all went through, uh, especially right. through the new news media, yeah. and uh, but then. The good thing about the movie is that it gives us a kind of in-depth, you know, uh, perspective of what really happened mm. how, and all that transpired behind the scene. Mm. And of course, uh, the director of the movie or the producer, Clint Eastwood, would do some kind of research, discuss mm. the murder of, um, mm. of um, uh, Richard to right. get more in-depth information and probably bring everything, connect all the dots together to now tell us what really transpired during those periods. So it was right. very interesting to really watch, to see behind the scene, like they call the backstory of what really happened, you know, during right. that period. Yes. Right. So this was an event that happened in, actually, it happened in um, 1996, actually. Yeah. And... um well, a, a little bit of um, synopsis, because what I normally do is I would just go through the, the basic high points of this movie and what even a good watching this movie will get out of it <clears throat> without getting into the very serious stuff as we get into it. So in the, the whole world knew that on July 27, 1996, um, in Centennial Olympic Park in Atlanta, so a bomb actually exploded that killed two people. And hundreds of people were hurt, according to the story. So um, this particular bombing, the way it is dramatized in this film is we have a very, you know, young, aspiring, wannabe cop kind of guy that he is. He, he comes across this bomb in Central Park. And uh, in, in that's in Centennial Park, sorry. And... But he, does, he doesn't know it's a bomb. It looks suspicious and everything. But it turns out that it is a bomb, that he becomes the one that is the hero. He finds the bomb. It goes off. And then when this bomb now goes off, a lot of people now get hurt. But he is the hero. He finds it and lets the authorities know about it. And 
as the movie goes along, you know, certain information gets leaked into the media. I mean, you're welcome to provide the details as much as you can remember. Certain information gets leaked into the media that appears to tie Richard Jewell and make him a prime suspect of the the whole the whole thing. And um, the whole film just, you know, goes through this iteration of, you know, dramatizing how he's trying to exonerate himself and very, very terrible facts start coming out that, look, this guy he keeps a gun collection. This guy, he has, you know, he, he's, an, he has an, he's an aspiring wannabe cop kind of guy. And it actually does not help his situation. So that is principally one of the things that you get out of the film. What did you, what did you get out of it? How would you narrow, yeah. how would you summarize it? Yes, I will very good question on phone. Uh, to look at this movie, <clears throat> there were two things that were that stood out. One was wrong profiling, which was um, done by FBI, and yeah. also the hunger for our journalists to come up with breaking news and who is to do that first. And in just in that way we, we, we saw this in terms of these two angles being very critical in destroying someone's reputation. Uh, profiling is just a way to probably uh, make us understand someone's behavior. So you mm. say we profile this person. So you can actually see someone and say, uh, there's a dude, he smokes pot. Uh, mm -hmm. And when you say he smokes pot, the next thing that goes is a criminal, right? That's right. But yeah, he smokes pot. But we've seen a lot of high-end, even presidents of the United States who smoke pot, and they're not criminals. And we saw that even former President Obama did smoke pot. He confessed to it. We've mm. seen people like even Oprah Winfrey and a lot of other high celebrities talk about the fact that they smoked pot. And yeah. today it is legalized. But then, when you profile someone that he smokes pot, the first thing that comes to our mind is that he's a criminal. Mm. So what happened is the FBI actually we're coming out with this profiling from Quantico and they felt it was best for them to look at this man who had this grandiose delusion a bit in terms of he wanted to be a hero. He mm. wants to be a police cop and they felt he fits this lone wolf or, you know, like a, like a terrorist and mm. probably blew up the place. But still in that investigation, mm. they hadn't, probably come up with a conclusion. And, of course, we know what happened. An FBI agent spilled out uh, this information that's supposed to be having kept secret to a journalist. And the journalist, as we know, wanted mm. to get the first headline news out there, breaking news. Mm. And, of course, they, they said the rest is history. Let's start now, with this journalist person, first of all. Uh, I think yeah. I, she goes by the name of Katie Scruggs. She, yeah. she, she, she was, um, she, you see, you did rightly mention this whole sensational, you know, the sensationalism that has come with what we know as the news today. And news now has gone beyond this thing of, you know, reporting what actually happens. For example, if you say um, uh, President Clinton or President Bush or President Trump came to New York, it's very simple. He came to New York, but a reporter comes on TV and tries to say a President Trump came to New York and they try to say it in such a way that, you know, that the, 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 the person listening thinks, why did they come to New York? He didn't come to New York. What happened? Why, why is it? And try to make some kind of you know, interpretation of it. But you see, breaking this story, if this story was not broken, I don't know if you, you agree with me or not, that if this story was not broken by this kid is struck that this film proposed that she had to go sleep with this guy. In fact, the optics of the movie shows that he, he, she tried to sleep with this guy or slept with him, one of the two, to try to get this information. That was the desperation that was shown. Do you think that it had no, like, if the media hadn't broken this story, that it, this thing would not have been the way it is? Or it would have yes. just been, yeah. <clears throat> I think if the media hadn't broken the story the way they did, probably he could have still been the hero. You know, he yeah. just had a few days fame as a hero. Then after that, it all came that mm. trend, you know. And um, uh, this, we have to look at the media. Even today, uh, this film is very, very, very important, especially today mm. in the area of social media. 
And I know uh, during the period when this thing happened, uh, yes, we've not entered the era of social media. So the most important place where we get our news information has been through cable TV. Right. Uh, but then uh, we now start seeing social media and we see this repeating itself every day where people seem to judge you immediately once the first news comes out. It's like, oh, mm. this guy is a criminal. But nobody has taken time to investigate this matter. And mm. we've seen people's lives destroyed on social media. And right. we've seen uh, careers shattered. And we've seen a lot of things go wrong. And especially now that uh, information does get to your phone immediately and you can actually see them. So right. the media has a lot of role to play. I myself, I also sit down sometimes to read certain information. And I just wonder when I look at the headline. So what is the content talking about? Totally different mm -hmm. from the headline. But, you know, newsmakers, journalists, they want to get you, they want to get the attention. Yeah. A kind of very lovely headline to make you want to read the content that has no really good content to support what the headline is saying. And mm -hmm. that is the world we're living right now. A world of manipulation. People trying to manipulate people so that they can get them to be their, 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 their let me use the word, rubbish content. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> yes. And at the end of the day, you just see people's life being destroyed. And, you know, and they say it takes five seconds to make good first impression. And it takes 21 repeated, you know, contact yeah. with that same person to, to erase or change that impression. So this is very important for a lot of us. Folks. The cut off, the, the cut off, yeah. you know, the cut off public opinion as um, influenced by the media, whether it be social media, being the newspapers or the, the newsrooms are very strong. And, you know, it's a very strong um, aspect. And people have this thing where they can put out these words, they frame stuff, they put it out there, and people will listen and create their own judgments. And this is the issue, you know, we've seen a lot of things like how the O.J. Simpson trial worked out and how they would, you know, something. If I mean, on the surface, you say this is a murder, is a murder case that went to trial. But you see, the court of public opinion can present it as, oh, it is a case about race. And you start asking yourself whether, what are we really talking about here? Are we talking about race? Did a murder really happen? And, you know, it just becomes very cloudy at some particular point in time. But the thing is now, okay, even as this case in terms of the Richard Jewell case, he is supposed to be a hero for finding a bomb. But now, just because somebody feels like, oh, no, I need to publish a solid headline and make a name for myself as a reporter. And as you rightly mentioned, it wasn't during the time of social media, but now, you know, you find that people, maybe you have some kind of following on whether it be Instagram or Facebook, you could now make a post and maybe you have a million people following you, 200 million people following you, whatever the number, but it already influences a great number of that population, their, like their opinion. Here's, a, here's Richard Jewell who was a hero. Okay, this thing now breaks out. Of course, it should be dead on arrival because in this movie, we see the FBI trying to prove a case. But then they start having things like material because you see, it's not like, um, like I'll rightly say, I don't think um, Richard Joel's past experience helped his ministry. <laughs> he had been arrested for impersonating a police officer. That's one, he, that is in his own background. And uh, he was also, you know, he was also arrested. He arrested a couple for making too much noise in a hot tub. That was when the thing came out. These were the things that that um, you know helped. But what did you like? These these things that had happened to him before. Do you think that you see the media may have used it or the way it played out to show that this guy has just questionable. Um, and character how do you see these kind of things like if you want to like express it and say how do you see these kind of things being a factor now in his case yeah uh <clears throat> profiling that is what i said about profiling yeah uh, it's very unfortunate that uh richard jewel did have some questionable past but that wasn't enough to really pin him as the suspect you know, for the 
for the bombing. Uh, and we see this happen a lot of times. Uh, sometimes because you're black or because you're colored. Uh, mm. Sometimes it's easier to just link you up or associate you with the crime. Uh, because you see that happen a lot. And that's one of the problems we have today regarding the you know, police brutality among uh, uh, colored or minority people in America because they, and they let people make a case for this systemic racism. And mm -hmm. systemic racism is just that kind of racism where you are unaware that it's there, but somehow you just conform to it uh, because you see the black person or a Asian person, it's easier to just say they are like this. But the truth is, we need to now bring in a very important skill in the way we make decisions. And this is where uh, critical thinking also comes into, whereby you have to make sure that you exercise every option before you make any final judgment or decision. Mm. Now, the FBI, with, at that moment, trying to, of course, the profiling helps to make your job easy for you to say this person fits the bill, then you can actually, you know, uh, follow that suit. And it's the same way we too make judgment. We label people. We see some people, we say they are this because we don't want to think too much. So it's easier to label. Easier, oh, and that's the way our brain functions. And uh, so in terms of, I would say that what the FBI did was a kind of what we'd call heuristics, a mm. kind of mental shortcuts where, we, we know this profiling has worked and this person fits the bill, so that's the guy. But if you go in-depth in your, in your kind of research or your way of thinking, you will find that really you, they missed the point. And that point was looking at the phone booths where the call was made to yeah. the police yeah. and finding out where Richard uh, Jewel was at that time. And that was one point they missed they easily saw his past in terms of his ability to be a hero, uh, a kind of guy that... So they just wanted to hang him. They just wanted to yes. hang it on him, basically. Yes. They just wanted to, and they just found... And remember, this case was still... They were still trying to investigate. It was still a case in, they were still investigating. But you just had, of course, a randy FBI guy who was being, you know, mm. flattered by a journalist and the guy just actually said ah you know yeah yeah they were trying to this guy's a suspect a suspect doesn't mean that he's a criminal but he's just yeah. a suspect and still investigating but you have this overzealous journalist who was trying to come up with the top news in in atlantic you know and uh, went ahead to probably does you know just because she has beef with her colleagues she wants to be the top dog yeah. so she was very uh, fast in trying to release uh, that that uh, news, which kind of destroyed this uh, man's uh, reputation. Yeah, and the film does a very good job of actually capturing that part of the story and leading it into her meeting with the FBI agent. Do you think that the FBI yeah. agent would have drawn? Uh, let's assume she didn't break this story. Because it appears, okay, the thing now is out there in the media. And once it gets to the court of the public opinion, the next thing is that, I'm sure the FBI and police force will have to start releasing statements as regards to the case. And since there is no, I mean, it has to happen inevitably. If the FBI guy was professional, yeah, he shouldn't have released that information. Now, remember very well that this uh, journalist was trying to, of course, seduce the FBI guy. And she succeeded in doing that with sex. Mm. And she was also trying to do that with the, the lawyer to Jewel. But the lawyer said, man, get out of my car. I don't need this. I don't. Because she was trying to do the same thing, like, come on, give me the information. Right. Tell what's going on. Yes. That's her way. She felt she could use that to get information from this man. But uh, the lawyer refused. And later on, the FBI guy realized that's what she was doing and mm. told her to just you know, get out of the of the way and that he, was, he wasn't going to deal with that anymore. So we have this situation where professionalism, good work ethics was being eroded. So if the FBI guy had good work ethics and was professional, he knew that that was an investigation as a work in progress. And you can't come up with any conclusion yet. So he shouldn't have released that information out to her. And of course, he was very shocked to see that. Just that little information he told her. Yeah. And uh, you know, 
try to put his, his his job in line and also his career. So yeah, and I mean it, it, it shook it shook him up. He didn't expect that it would get out there, and then all of a sudden now, oh look, I, I think I've put out somewhere that has given me work to do. So and then at the end of the day they find that in order to deliver their homework in, in, in for lack of a better way to put it, he's now, he now has to try they are In fact, they are doing everything they can to pin it on, on Richard, on Richard. Jordan. Yeah. One thing I, I think the movie didn't show us was everybody being very good in the way they investigate issues. They should have investigated the journalists and find out where she got the information from. Probably. But you know, some journalists do take this, uh, oaths of not uh, revealing their source. So yeah. probably that could have probably saved this FBI's job. But if they probably have questioned that journalist, uh, they could have probably found out that it was the FBI and probably also put him on that some kind of uh, investigation as well for being mm. unprofessional in, in his duty. Yeah. So, But I guess he realized that this journalist was a big threat and find out that, look, I don't work for you. <laughs> <That's what laughs> yeah. You just, just go away because people like you destroy people's lives, you know. And, uh, but you see, let us take it this way. That is traditional journalism happening. Now we are in the era of social media where you have everybody's a journalist based on what they post out there. Right. And people say events and they just take it that way like, oh, see what happened. Let me give you a case of what just happened. That was last year in Port Harcourt. Mm. Mm. There was this wedding, and yeah. the couple came in five minutes late to the wedding, and we heard that the pastor refused to wed them. And it was outrage on social media. Everybody was cursing the pastor, shouting, abusing this pastor. Like, yeah, why <laughs> five minutes you didn't wed this couple and everything. You know, it was, I even be myself, the first time I saw it, I said, what? How can the pastor be this mean and everything? But, you know, I won't go out and post anything on social media first because I, I feel you just have to hear from all sides. Just can't hear from that first news that came out. Right. Then the next day, we now heard that actually this couple were one of the foundational members that started this church with this pastor. Wow. And when they were going to get married, this pastor was actually in... Lagos treating an undisclosed illness, but had to come all the way from Lagos to Portacot to wear this couple because they were foundational members. Mm. Then he told this couple that, you know, our rule and policy for, in, in the church that we want to stick to time. Please tell me that you will be on time. And they said, Pastor will be on time. They actually signed a document to say that they will be there on time. Right. Now, they defaulted and came five minutes later. And everybody went ahead, start crucifying this pastor. Now, this pastor felt so disappointed in all this. And the next couple of days, it didn't take about two days, he died. Because he actually came all the way from Lagos. He was still treating himself for an undisclosed illness. And after that, you don't find a situation whereby everybody was blaming him. He got so much social media attacks. And, you know, a lot of people called him also those kind of name. Mm. And I get that disappointment didn't help his recovery. And two days later, he died. Now, how are those couples going to feel? That this little drama, which was their own fault, is now being blamed on an innocent man that has not died. Now, you can say that it was after just a couple of days that everybody got the true hang of the whole story. But the first instance, the damage had been done. And that's what happened to the Shijuro, where this information came out. And in, after just three days, from hero to villain, and the guy's life was shattered until, you know, he had yeah. a good lawyer that had to battle and battle to find out the truth, uh, to make him tell the whole world that he was innocent. So hmm. we are beginning to face this. Yeah, that, That's yeah. a fascinating story, by the way. I must have missed, I must have missed that story because these are yeah. social media. Like, I don't know, the kind of things that come into my feed are probably, you know, a lot of different I, stuff. But, yeah. but you see, in, 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 in this particular case now, the, the thing is, anyway, that may even be a different topic because human beings will never agree. As far as I'm concerned, some people will say, for all I care, I mean, he, the pastor can go and die because he, he it's his fault and he's not his fault. And this is what happens with social media when people go through all of this debate. And they will declare you guilty before you are even declared guilty or innocent by a, a, a court of law, which is... Um, <laughs> 
which is something that but fascinating story by the way it was it was surprising fun really yeah. that if you go to social media you it is hard for you to get a hundred percent of anything you always see both sides different sides to any opinion <laughs> so you mm. can't actually um satisfy everybody yeah. you will see the same people who will still say hey man you just they just want to be contrary and that's the way they want to choose these people choose. in fact that's that is the whole topic in itself because you see the thing about social media where you have the good the bad and the ugly the trolls the real the ghosts all sorts of people are out there that feel they have an opinion and there are some people that no matter what you say all they just want to be is just be on the other side they are the party of no once you bring an opinion, they just say, no, they may not have the arguments, but they just want to say no, and they want to argue and argue. Anyway, moving away from those um, people, looking at the character of um, Richard Joel, yes. the, the thing here is that, you see, it, I want a little bit of understanding, if you can, with regards to, he had this dream of being some kind of, with air quotes, football hero. Let me put it that way. <laughs> when, you know, when they say you want to be a football hero. <laughs> and um, apparently he wasn't in real life. But, you know, he had this affinity to, you know, I'm a police officer. You are part of, I'm part of you guys, you know. And um, what, what really, what was that really? Uh, what would you say that was? Because um, is it some kind of personality type? Um, or what you may just tell him as a wannabe, but you're not really it. Because, you see, he's motivated to, you know, try to be suspicious. He's given a very little job, but let me call it a little job to be a security guard in, during this Olympics period. But it's like he's doing the job with 150% accuracy, which, in all sincerity, it turns out that it leads to the fact that he's discovered a bomb, which, uh, yeah, it saved at least a number of lives. You know, I mean, if he wasn't that particular way. But is that some kind of um, personality defect? Because there is a way it's portrayed in the movie. And I'm sure you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. um, he did have a kind of eccentric kind of personality uh, where you, you you probably looked at him and say, okay, hi, this kind of man that, you know, we look at the beginning of the movie, he was able to anticipate... Uh, he hasn't met the same guy he works with, which is his future lawyer. And he was able to anticipate that he could get him some sneakers and mm. put in his you know, drawer. So he was that kind of person that wants to do things prim and proper. And he's, he sees himself as a true uh, law enforcement person, even though he hasn't gone to be a police he sees, he sees himself as Rambo in short. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of person. <laughs> like, so, we, we in, in psychology, you might say he's the kind. He had this grandiose uh, delusion. Mm. He wants to be this. He wants to be that. Yeah, a lot of people do have this kind of grandiose delusion. In future, but very tiny percentage do meet that kind of expectation they have or aspiration. Mm. But for him, he had this grandiose delusion, and that also set him. He made him step on toes, and especially the college he worked at. And the college president was the one that actually uh, got the FBI thinking when he said, hey, come on, this guy we're calling the hero. You know, see what he did while he was there. He arrested people on the highway, barged into the dormitories and students because they were making noise and things like that. So, you know, he felt mm. there was a bit of a mismatch with the personality and they should check this guy out. And of course, FBI at that moment have also started this their profiling to know how to profile criminals. And although the profiling do help, it makes life easier to suspect one or two things and you can say this person is a bit closer to that. So I think for me, um, his personality didn't really help his case initially. But then we need to not take all this personality profile at face value. We need to also use it as a starting point to go deeper, you know, and search if truly and truly this person do match that personality. So my own advice to the FBI people was that if they were professional, probably that information would have gotten to the journalist. They would have carried out their investigation and then found out that Richard Joe was innocent. But you see, unfortunately, along the line, this information came out. And before you know what's happening, this person was adjudged a criminal. And of course, the journalist had the platform 
to because people were looking for answers you know bomb bombing in america you know what are we going to do who are we going to hold this matter nobody had an idea who would have done this but um and the end of the day they were looking for a corporate and richard joel was the man. and richard joel was the guy and most of the times we always see the media sometimes as for for what it is and um you see talking about the media and social media as a whole they they really have a certain kind of power that maybe i can put into words because beyond investigation people just want to feel people just need closure and people just need some kind of closure based off of what they see. Okay, if we want to come home now, they, they like if we look at what is going on with the trial of um, Derek Chauvin, and now it appears when they talk of profiling now, the, um, the defense lawyers are trying to put up a case where they are trying to present certain kind of optics about George Floyd and how he is, you know, his girlfriend comes out and says that they were actually taking some, some medication. You know, in fact, here it's drugs. So they do mm -hmm. drugs, you know, and, um, and it appears that these medications that they were taking now, it, it's something that if you, you see, if you throw those kind of words out there, people are watching television or listening on the radio, however they are following the trial, you see, it gives people an idea of, oh, oh this guy. Is, and I don't know how many people are able to tie in a basic knowledge to say that, look, the fact that he was using medication is not the, is not the reason he does not deserve to die because he was using a medication. And I mean, how many people are able to just, you know, arrange their mental processes to understand that, oh, no, it's not, um, it, 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 it's not because of that. Or they just, you know, have this thing of you look at him, he's a bad person, and you think that, oh, then because he's a bad person, this kind of thing should. And the legal system, of course, work off the media sometimes and use this particular kind of thing if they want to hang or exonerate a client to, and they, you know, they use it to... Yes, and for, that's actually a very good area to look at. Let me give you some issues that just happened recently. Well, we just heard about DMX, you know, one of the uh, iconic rappers of our time. Yeah, tell uh, me about that because I just, yeah. I, I, I was seeing some yeah. stuff, but I just never really got into it. DMX, obviously, we know he has been having some issues with drugs. Yeah. And, but then, uh, of recent, he had a drug overdose that sent him into hospital mm. and he has been unconscious. But yeah. I heard right now he's a bit getting better. But all of a sudden, DMS was getting a lot of adulations and a lot of rappers were you know, tweeting, get with DMX. Then he heard that his Rough Riders crew were with him in the hospital. You know, <laughs> wow. Everybody was... I didn't even know DMS has 15 children and they were all... At his bedside, you know. Wow. And all of a sudden, the DMS was this, you know, the, the most beloved kind of person. From you know, all of a sudden. Of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, are you saying because he was on drug overdose, you're going to kill him? You know, treat him any less. But you know that these people had issues and they could also get better. Uh, we remember that also very well before Tiger was won his last uh, PGA uh, golf title. At, uh, and I remember very well, I was watching CNN and the breaking news was that Tiger Wood was arrested because he packed his car and was sleeping off in the car. And they say he was on drugs. But later, they found out that those drugs were actual medications Medication. that were very strong based on his back pain. So imagine if you had just, you were a cop, just stopped by, you just probably you just looked at, oh, that guy's sleeping in the sky, he's on drugs and everything. You're arresting, pin him down, and he's shouting, please, I can't breathe, and you just no, that's, that's actually ridiculous, really, to look at <laughs> from that angle, to yeah. say that because he's on drugs, then you go to kill him. He has a chance of getting rehabilitated. You know? So why, why, why using that as a, as a kind of excuse? I think the lawyers better find something to talk about. Lawyers but then you have the jury the system. Yeah. You have the jury. They have to defend uh, Chauvin. But then uh, that's why we have the jury system, so that they look at the case. In, in terms of, and I think I like what the prosecutors did. They said, mm. believe your eyes, believe what you see, not just what you're hearing. This man pinned this man on the floor and snipped out the breath out of him. So all this other issue about drugs or whatever, we know there are a lot of people that have drug issues 
But do we, we don't carry guns and go or sit on their necks so that they can't breathe or we just stab them because they are drug addicts. No, they have a better chance of getting better and reintegrate themselves back into society and become very valuable and useful. So, I mean, the lawyers are actually going off of, okay, believe what you see, you know, kind of thing, because you are trying to talk to a jury and let them work with their optics and not any kind. The, the, the defense lawyers, of course, will try to say, okay, yeah. he wouldn't have died if he wasn't on that <laughs> medication. The, you know, the whole thing, you're talking, I'm talking of more like biology now, but it's, it, still <laughs> leans, it still leans into the whole thing of you're trying to create a profile of the person that died. And the thing is that, you see, <clears throat> even if somebody is a serial killer and has gone to jail, come out, and then something like this happens to him. The way society presents it in civil society is that he's supposed to still have justice, no matter what's happened, at least for whatever thing he did. If he gave a fake $20 bill or whatever the story was, that's it. So in, in terms of like, you know, as, as we see in, in, in this movie now, that Richard Jewell was trying to show himself as a, a, a football hero. And he started doing, you know, being overzealous, arresting people, something mm -hmm. that was not in harassing students as a security officer on campus and all of that and now a bomb goes off and you're trying to tag him to be i mean normally you would think that people who are supposed to be detonating bombs are local terrorists of some of some sort and they should believe in some kind of ideology they are angry or something i mean you know like we just talked about anders and there's um, brevik and at least he gave reasons why he went around shooting people but in this particular case what was his problem he was just somebody who was just overzealous and, you know, he made some very wrong decisions and in his mind, he believed he was, he was Rambo, but of which he was not, <laughs> of which he was not. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that was what actually uh, became his undoing. Um, just yeah. the fact that he's that overzealous person, but that doesn't mean that he yeah. actually committed a crime. And uh, mm. remember that this investigation was still ongoing. And uh, it, was, it was, yeah. Just, it was still ongoing. And if that FBI agent had not gone to leak out the information, mm -hmm. probably they would have come to the conclusion that he wasn't the, the suspect. But mm -hmm. it was just the fact that it was still ongoing. And, you know, that information was leaked out. And then the journalist, too, was also vaziglious, trying to come up with breaking news. Now, how to use that as a, as a news uh, breaking news for them to you know, get the headline out there. Now, yeah. for, for, for us right now, this is a very important movie, especially in our time now. It's very, very relevant, yeah. uh, especially to a lot of law enforcement agencies to find out that they can't just immediately go out and give out, especially information that is still yet being investigated. They can't just say anything about it. And I want to talk about here in Nigeria. We see this happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, especially in the EFCC, they, 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 they use the media as a way of trying to, to, you know, tarnish a lot of people's image. Something has happened. They'll say, hey, he's a criminal. He stole this money. Or they, they, they see a lot of um, young boys today. They arrest them. And this all, all this issue here was one of the things that led to this NSAS movement because a lot of youths felt they were being harassed. And every time ESCC would judge them more on the, the news than to actually carry out the real investigation. So law enforcement agencies need to know that once an investigation is not yet concluded, they, you can't just, these people are still suspect and you shouldn't let those information out to anybody, the media or social media know until you conclude that investigation because everybody is still innocent until found guilty. And you just can't go ahead and just say this person is guilty. When you crucify these people on social media, you've already pronounced guilty sentence on them, you know, in the eyes of the public. And that's one of the things they should stop doing. Then journalism, too, should be professional. They should carry out their own investigative journalism properly to make sure it's not just about getting the crowd to come to your social page or to read your news, but rather to come up being professional. So... Professionalism is very, very important here, both on the law enforcement side and also on the journalist side. We, we need to look at being professional so that we don't let this kind of error happen again. And if you watch also after in that movie, of course, the lawyer of um, uh, Joel knew that after finding his client guilt, uh, innocent, of course, they went after most of the, the, the news. Absolutely. Media. They sued. Yeah, so, uh, they sued. <laughs> and, and they, they got the money. Right <laughs> yeah, so, 
Yeah. And that, that is a very big lesson, especially we're also seeing that happen, especially in terms of label suits. And now we are beginning to see that happen too in the recent things happening in America, uh, especially in the election period, the big lie. And uh, now we're beginning to see a lot of people are fighting back. I think that's the only language the media understands. Lost. Yes, that's defamation. Because, and you see, the thing is that that is the reason you have trolls on social media. I, I mean, I have to say this because you see, if people would take, if everybody would take responsibility for what they say, put your yeah. face on your social media profile, put your real name there and say mm -hmm. what you want to say and own it. But when you go and put a picture of one cartoon character and then put your name as um, Jack Hammer 2150, and you're now trying to make a statement, and at the end of the day, we're living in a world where people now take you seriously again. I'm, I'm asking myself, where is the control for social media? What, where is the control for what you put out there? Somebody like me or you will be able to, you know, decipher and say, this is a flake. This guy is a fake. He's not a fake account. But you find out that he's getting retweets, he's getting likes, and he's getting, you know... Yeah. <laughs> and I think, and I think, I think that defamation uh, uh, act is going to be um, uh, a lifesaver now for a lot of people because you just can't defend my my character and two people go scot-free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if, if anybody out there feels they have been defamed, they should go out and get a lawyer to, to, to correct this injustice being done to them. And now we are beginning to see that happen, especially, in, like we said, in America with the mm. Dominion suits coming yeah. up with all the voting machines. They are trying to now fight back. And yeah. they've sued all, both Fox, all these, the Powell, uh, they've sued them and this is a big, huge cash. And uh, from all legal experts, they are likely to win because all this were captured on camera. Everybody knew these things were real, but they went ahead to sell the big lie. Even Trump himself is also having a battle to clear his name because, you know, you just can't defend people and just feel they lie without any evidence. And you just feel, yes, it's easier to talk because you want to get the news. But yeah. at the end of the day, it will come back to bite you when yeah. they, um, they, they attack. So we, we have to be careful. What we say out there, the, the thing is, we are learning. We are learning a lot about how these things work. In fact, in the last couple of years, we have seen with regards to how news becomes so sensationalized. And in this movie, we have seen how um, news can, you know, the, the, the overzealousness to sensationalize news has led, can lead somebody who was supposedly, supposedly to be a hero, somebody that was supposed to be a hero now turns out to be the, you know, the villain. So, I mean, it's something that we, we see any day. Anyway, on a, on a, on a, on a final note, really, we okay. you see going on, and like I, 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 Clint Eastwood as a filmmaker, you know, we've seen films like Letters from Iwo Jima and a lot of films from him and everything. What would you, what do you think of the kind of pattern of films he's, he's trying to make in terms of? <laughs> I, I, I would really doff my heart for Clint Eastwood. Um, uh, basically because I've followed most of his movies. Yeah, He's a very okay. good storyteller. He knows how to... I never envisaged that he would trans, uh, evolve from being an actor to a good movie director and producer. So his movies are very good. And uh, starting from uh, Mystic River, right? That was yeah. one of his first directorial movies. And uh, I, that is one of those movies that you still feel, whoa, I like the way he tells the story. So yeah. um, this is a movie that needs to be told. You know, we yeah. need to know what happened behind the story so that we can also get a good moral education in terms of professionalism, how to be professional on our, on our job. Because if what happened was professionalism was thrown away and someone's life was destroyed, Absolutely. you know, uh, we were very glad that, yes, he was exonerated at the end of the day, when they cut the real culprit. Because even when the FBI gave him the letter, it's narrating him. You remember the FBI guy said, I still believe your guy is as guilty. Yeah, as, you know, yeah I saw that. Uh, <laughs> but then, <laughs> as guilty as you know, so, But then, uh, it was when they cut the real culprit, the Rudolph guy, that, you know, he, he actually felt that weight of, yes, I'm, I'm truly, truly innocent a, in this whole matter because... Yes, if not, a lot of people still feel, okay, you know, maybe he was just a smart uh, bomb plotter. He cleaned up all the old evidences and everything. But then, we, so the movie really gave, 
is a very good movie. I'm very happy that Clint Eastwood was able to bring out this movie to showcase uh, this kind of uh, abnormalities that happen mm. in every day, and that we could always, we ourselves could also be victim if we are not careful. And I think um, uh, Richard Jewell did mention in his interview with the FBI and saying, if you if you keep on fighting me without any case or any charge mm. this will also be a very big deterrent to you know a lot of security people out there because when they see something that is wrong like another bomb they are not going to say anything because That's they're going right. to say they are the ones that yeah so um that was a very good excellent point, point there really that yeah, i that, i got i just remember that part that, was, yeah, <laughs> that we have to really be very careful yeah. Uh, if we keep on, when we see people like today, that's why a lot of people today, when there's a police case matter, people don't want police case because they just walk on by. Actually, ought to be <laughs> they say, look, <laughs> I don't have free. time to deal like, with police. When things happen, especially in this part of our crime, yeah. everybody take off. Yeah. And when you ask them, why you know, they say, uh, sorry, my brother, I don't want to be involved though because in police, I can't write statements. So we, we have to, yeah, but it still shouldn't be a deterrent for us to when we see evil happening, being perpetrated in the society and we don't want to stand up and speak. We yeah, have but, to. Yeah, yeah. We, ha we have to. But you see, like you see, this Richard Joel is, I don't know any better example I can give that will serve as a deterrent for somebody that will see a bomb and look and say, dude, maybe I should just get away from this bomb and act like I did not see it. <laughs> than to now go and start reporting a bomb and I become sensationalized by the media because somebody just wants to publish a story. And you see, that's, yeah. that's, that's why. I mean, I think there are, there are a few lessons we can actually take out from um, this movie if anybody just, you know, sees it and watches it and says, but um, it, was, it was quite a, it, it was, it's quite a good watch. It's something anybody can watch with. Without yes, anybody. I'm going to recommend. In fun, I'm going to recommend this movie to a lot of my, especially during my training sessions. Right. I'm going to recommend this to a lot of my participants, especially yeah. because I do take some courses on professionalism and good work ethics. Yeah. And this would be a very good movie as a case study to show how lack of professionalism or unprofessionalism can destroy people's lives. Yeah. And if the FBI and the journalists have been professional in their way of dealing, then we won't have had this hot mess that does hit the fan. So um, it is Excellent one of choice. those takeaway. I will, I will give my students and participants in my training to say, you need to be professional in anything you do. And if you're professional, you won't have this happening and destroying people's life. Now, by not being professional, of course, it was a big financial injury to a lot of all these media houses. They had to pay. To settle out of court. Yeah. Even CNN was was CNN that we know today also. Was Everybody, you, to you pay. pay. Yeah. yeah. You pay. You have to you chip pay. in. So, you have to chip in. And we are beginning somebody. to see that also now happening in this big lie. Now Fox has been sued for almost one point six billion. The only language <laughs> so they understand. understand. If you sue somebody, to, so, they're going to wake up. If not, they just feel yeah. they can get out there and see. Even on social media, like you go on social media, go say stuff about the wrong person. You get a letter from this lawyer, you're gonna answer yeah. for it. You so, my advice to, stuff. Yeah. so my advice to all our adorable listeners to this podcast is that please, please be very careful. Don't press that share button very fast. Think very hard and um, try and also look at two side the other side of the story before you share. Uh, sometimes we could be emotional about the first story mm. and we want to just share immediately. You could be a corporate at the same time sharing this thing. We're beginning you to may see pay $1.6 billion. <laughs> 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 We're beginning to see that a lot of uh, countries are beginning to come up with a lot of uh, social media laws uh, in terms of hate speech and all these other stuff that are coming out. So we have to be very careful. A lot of things we see on social media could be they are trying to manipulate your your mind and uh, try to get you to believe this side of the story without hearing the other side. So my advice is that we have to be very careful how we take, um, we consume this information and how we are quick to share because sharing can also put into as part of the uh, corporate as well. So, and you could get 1.6 billion coming to me. <laughs> 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 so, 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 do it. so our listeners, 
to our listeners out there, please, please, please be very careful. Uh, don't go out sharing things. Sometimes we have to do that. All these things are, are actually being um, set up just to just manipulate us. And get you into trouble. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, sometimes you, you know, somebody looking for money may be out there looking for, look, I wish somebody would just say something about me. I wish somebody <laughs> with money would just, just do it. Just hit that share button. Please, please, please. I just call my lawyer. Think twice. <laughs> think twice. <laughs> just think twice, please. Yeah. I, 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 I try not to, I, as a matter of fact, not to share things on Facebook, on regular social media because i understand how this this could be you could be you could be deceived really and people yeah. are doing it people take it as their full-time job to deceive people because they know what they want to benefit from it so right. don't be a corporate in this in this yeah. so that's the essence of this podcast because we try to highlight true life events and see how they impact on our life going forward you know so this is a very good movie i will recommend people to watch it and at the same time to get the moral story out of it so that they can prevent any mayhem that will happen regarding financial injuries in the future. All right. On that note, then we just, um, we've come to yet another um, end of this podcast. And thank you so much, Stanley, for joining me and giving me a very unique perspective on this movie. And, and also thank, thank you for, for always having me here. It's always All a right. pleasure. Okay. Thank you. thank you so much. All right. then. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow our podcast on Facebook at Remote Talkative, and that's Talkative with an E-R. Or you can follow on Twitter at R-Talkative, and that's also Talkative with an E-R. Now, we post movies that we're going to talk about before we actually publish them on Spotify and any place you listen to your podcast. You can also send us an email at podcast at remotetalkatives.com You can send us feedback, tell us what you think, suggest a movie or just basically comment on some of the things that you feel should have happened based on what we have talked about. We welcome feedback and we thank you once again for listening and we will see you next week with another discussion. Mm-hmm.